Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Another But Sports with Kent Sterling for Tuesday, May 19th, 2020, brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry. Do you know why Dr. Mike O'Neill has been my dentist and my only dentist for the last 26 years? Because he's the best, and he's got the best team around him. I like good teams. I like the Colts. I like the Pacers. I like the Hoosiers, Boilers, and Bulldogs, and I like the team at today's dentistry. They are covered today, head to toe, in PPE, trying to keep you safe, trying to keep themselves safe, all right, as they make it possible for you as a patient to have the best dental care available. Give them a call. Avail yourself to the best. 317-849-2933. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts because, you know what, the NFL dominates the offseason like no other professional league, right? The offseason for baseball, we go to sleep. The offseason for the NBA, there's some fits and spurts of news that come along during that offseason, but the NFL, they know how to wire their offseason, so that's what we talk about. I want to talk about the position groups for the Indianapolis Colts post-draft, post-free agency. How do they stack up against one another? Where are they strong and where are they weak? And where is their room? Maybe we give an incomplete and we say, you know what? We really don't know what this is yet. And maybe we give ourselves room to adjust the grade based upon how the people in that position group do. I'm talking to you quarterbacks, right? Philip Rivers, we don't know who he is. We do know who Jacoby Brissett is. We have no idea whatsoever who Jacob Eason is going to be as a quarterback in the National Football League. So, We'll, we'll save that for a few minutes down the, uh, down the line. But right now, I want to start with the best position groups and cycle our way to the least. The best position group to me is at linebacker. They have a lot of depth at linebacker. You've got guys like EJ Speed and Matthew Adams and Zaire Franklin. Um, you got Sky Moore. You've got a lot of depth at linebacker. But let's talk about the starters for a minute. We know what Darius Leonard is. Darius Leonard is one of the most dynamic defensive players in the National Football League. And last year as a rookie, we really saw Bobby Okariki start kind of slow. But as the season went on and he figured out what was going on on the field, he's a Stanford guy. You know he's going to be smart. You know he's going to be able to adjust and adjust he did and then in the middle you've got Anthony Walker is a guy who kind of sets the table intellectually for those three right here's what we're going to do here's how we need to adjust here's how we're going to play right here right now when the ball's snapped that's Anthony Walker I think these guys each has a specific role and they fulfill those roles at a high level like I said The depth is terrific, but the starting level of both Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki, I think, lifts this to the very top of the uh, food chain for the Indianapolis Colts as far as position groups. The second best group, I think, is the offensive line. Costanzo, Nelson, Kelly, Glowinski, and Smith, they started all 16 games last season. They did a legit job of trying to protect Jacoby Brissett. They did a legit job 
of creating openings for Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. They were really pretty good in one of the best groups in the NFL at that position. They're not the top group on the team, I don't think, because they don't pass protect quite as well as you would like. But if this team comes back intact for 2020 and they can stay healthy throughout, this is really going to be their third year together. And that is a really good thing. The more you play together as an offensive line, the better you're going to get collectively. And the offensive line is not about the talents of one or two or three or four or all five guys, but how they fit together and how they perform as a unit. And this group likes each other and they perform as a unit at a really high level. The third best group, I think, is the defensive line. I think that is the third best position group for the Indianapolis Colts. Justin Houston, I still think he's got some football left to play. At the age of 31, I think he's still a guy that you look to to go get to the quarterback. Uh, DeForest Buckner had better be terrific because they traded the 13th overall pick for him. He's been able to stay healthy during his time with the 49ers. He's been a kind of dominant defensive tackle, not an Aaron Donald level defensive tackle, but still a good defensive tackle. He's 6'7", he's taller than hell. So he's kind of got Marcus Hunt dimensions, but maybe you've got sort of Justin Houston athleticism. That combination should be destructive on the defensive line, and he had better be destructive because they gave up the 13th overall pick for him. Danico Autry, I think, has got a nice chance to come back and be a disruptor on the defensive line. Young guys like Ben Banigou, Kamoko Ture, if he comes back healthy, Sheldon Day. So you've got depth, you've got athleticism, you've got explosiveness. You've got to be able to get to the opposing quarterback. If you want to win in the NFL, you've got to be disruptive up front. That's absolutely critical. And if you want to win in the NFL, you've got to keep other defensive lines from being disruptive up front. And that's why Chris Ballard has preached his desire to build from the inside out. And that's kind of what he's done. You build the offensive line, you build the defensive front, and then you build out from there. Because if you can't get to the quarterback, and if you can't keep the other guys from getting to your quarterback, you got a problem in the National Football League winning games. You are not going to the playoffs. And if you do somehow sneak into the playoffs, you're not going very far in the playoffs. The Colts, they built from the inside out. I think the defensive line is their third best position group. Fourth best, I got the running backs. I'm going to go ahead and take a leap of faith that Jonathan Taylor is going to be really, really good. He was historically good when he was at Wisconsin, and he didn't take a lot of big hits. He had a lot of carries, but didn't take a lot of big hits. All right, four, three, eight speed, and he's elusive. So you've got that elusive. Plus, he's got a great center of balance. If you watch the tape on Jonathan Taylor, great center of balance. He creates contact rather than being destroyed by contact. And when he does get hit, he moves just enough not to take the full brunt of the blow. Jonathan Taylor has got a chance to be really good and maybe one of the steals of the draft. You look at Jonathan Taylor as uh, a potential kind of uh, two-headed monster in the backfield with Marlon Mack. And all of a sudden, if you give both those guys 160 carries, they're going to be really fresh come December. And they're going to be ready to roll, you hope. And they're both going to be really, really fresh when you get to late game action, right? Uh, Marlon Mack ran for almost 1,100 yards last year. 
with missing games. So Marlon Mack has been really good, and adding Jonathan Taylor is going to make them nothing but better. I think it makes Marlon Mack better. I think it's going to make uh, Taylor better to have Mack kind of spell him from time to time. And then if both guys get a little bit weary, you got Naheem Hines as sort of a uh, a Darren Sproles-type guy in the backfield who can line up all over the place. He's got dynamic sprinter speed as well. This is a team with sneaky good weapons. All right, you look at the Colts and you don't say, boy, oh boy, look at the weapons they've got. This is the greatest show on turf, right? You look at those teams with Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt and, and Marshall Falk, and you know you, you look at everybody who played with, with that Rams offense back at the turn of the century, and you say, damn, man, how, how in the world do we scheme to beat all these weapons? Those are three guys. Falk's in the Hall of Fame. Holt and Bruce going to be in the Hall of Fame. This is, a, this is an offense that doesn't have that depth of weaponry, but damn, they're pretty nice. You know what? The fifth best position group, I've got quarterback. And I got to tell you, I struggled with this because I don't know what the hell they're going to be. You've got a guy like Phillip Rivers who's going to start. He was 5-11 and last year, ended the season at the age of 38. He's going to end this season at the age of 39. He was sacked 34 times. He threw 20 picks. Not a winning guy over the course of the last decade. Last year, forget the 5-11. and Okay, last year was 5-11. and 11. Look at the entirety of the decade, his last 10 seasons as a starter, 77-83. and 83. So what are you going to get as, as Phillip Rivers is kind of rounding third in his career and heading for home? He's never been to a Super Bowl. Do you think suddenly Phillip Rivers is going to play the kind of football that's going to get you to a Super Bowl, get him to his first Super Bowl? That's a huge leap of faith. As the backup, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, I think is now one of the best backups in the National Football League. He went from being not a very good starter to being one of the best backups. And what Jacoby Brissett does is what a backup needs to do, and that's not make mistakes. Jacoby Brissett last year only threw seven picks, right? Or I, I think in his two years as a starter, he's thrown like what, uh, six and eight? Or is that always single digits in terms of picks? He's not going to get you beat. He's not going to win you games either, but he's not going to get you beat, and that's what you got to have. you got to have a guy with whom you can tread water a little bit as the backup quarterback, so that's going to be Jacoby Brissett this coming year. Frank Reich spoke to the media yesterday and said that he would like Phillip Rivers. He assumes that Phillip Rivers is going to be more than a single-season guy. All right, That is going to be determined by the development of Jacob Eason. If Eason can develop and become a guy that the Indianapolis Colts can look to as someone who can supplant Phillip Rivers and play at least to his level in year two, and that's a huge thing to ask of Jacob Eason. That is really not likely to happen. Speaking of likelihood, here's how I like to look at the quarterbacks for the Colts. Okay, you, you've got you've got long shot guy in Eason. Say it's roulette table. That's putting your chips on one number. That's putting your chips on 11 and saying, come on, 11, and, and hoping that you get to make your mortgage payment because you just put $40 on that single number. All right, that is not the way you win football games, by the way. It's not the way you build an NFL roster. With Phillip Rivers, you kind of know what you got. You know you're walking, you're going to play red and black. 
all day long, and you're going to walk out with roughly the same amount of chips you walked in with. Over time, you're going to hit red or black about 95% of the time, right? 94% of the time, one or the other. You're not going to hit zero or double zero, but once uh, each every 38 spins. So that's Philip Rivers. And then with Jacoby Brissett, you're, you're betting red and black, but you're tipping the dealer generously. You know, you know you're going to leave with less money than you walked in with, but not so much less money. You know, Philip Rivers, an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett, but not an enormous upgrade. You're not getting a top five quarterback in the National Football League with Philip Rivers. You're hoping that Rivers somehow uh, can kind of transmit his mental edge to Jacob Eason and that Jacob Eason is going to be the guy that all his talent suggests he should be and not the guy who maybe partied a little bit too much at Georgia. So that's your quarterback situation. I think it's interesting the way it was put together, and I, I applaud Chris Ballard for it. I think that you're, you're not going to walk out of my fictional casino with a briefcase full of cash. You're not going to do that. This isn't like playing craps and going on a heater. You don't have any dice at, at, that, uh, at that position, right? What you got are chips you can place at the roulette wheel, and you're betting red and black and hoping that maybe you go on a little bit of a heater and you win a little bit of money. All right, that's where you are with your quarterbacks. At wide receiver, this is really important. I've got wide receiver next. This is the sixth best position group. And it's really important that the wide receiver group play at a high level and that they stay healthy. Because if they don't stay healthy, you're finished. All right, if you don't have somebody for Phillip Rivers to throw the ball to, if you don't have competent and, and fast and elusive dynamic guys for Rivers to throw the ball to, what the hell's the difference whether you've got Rivers or Brissett, right? It doesn't make any difference. Phillip Rivers is not the kind of quarterback who's going to turn Zach Pascal or Darice Fountain into pro bowlers. That's not who he is. So you've got T.Y. Hilton, who has shown a proclivity toward injury over the last couple of seasons. You hope he comes back and he's going to be explosive and dynamic as he has been over the course of his career prior to last year. You've got Michael Pittman Jr. as the the 34th overall draft pick that the uh, the Colts went out and got from USC. He's tall, he's rangy, he goes and high points the uh, the football. He has great hands. He doesn't drop anything. He is exactly what the Colts needed as a wide receiver as long as he can develop quickly at wide receiver. And what I'm hoping is that this bizarre offseason doesn't take Michael Pittman, doesn't cause him to take a little bit longer to develop because his quick development and ascension and the trust that he can build with Phillip Rivers is going to determine in large part how this offense is going to function. Because look, if, if teams and defenses don't have to fear Phillip Rivers throwing to Pittman and throwing to Hilton and throwing to Campbell, who's got to stay healthy, if they don't fear that, they're going to load the box with eight, and it doesn't matter whether you got five really, really good offensive linemen because they can't block eight guys. And so if you got teams loading the box and daring Rivers to throw it rather than you know watching them uh, gash 
defenses with Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, you're going to have a problem if those guys can't get it done. They have got to be able to stay on the field. You've got to hope that Paris Campbell, what he showed last year, isn't what you're going to see this year and beyond, or the Colts are going to have all kinds of trouble because you've got to score to win in the National Football League. The next uh, position group I got, I, I got tight ends because I just don't know where else to put them. Trey Burton last year hurt a bunch. I think he played eight games, started five of them for the Bears. The year before, he was pretty damn good for the Bears. Frank Reich loves uh, Trey Burton because of the way they utilized him in Philadelphia when Burton and Reich were both with the Eagles. And then you've got Mo Ali Cox. I want to see Mo do stuff, right? Mo's got great hands. He's got the biggest damn hands I've ever seen in my life. He was a college basketball player. He's got athleticism. I want to see the Colts utilize Mo Ali Cox offensively or go find somebody that they can utilize offensively. Mo, not a bad blocker last year, but you're, you're not signing Mo Ali Cox for his ability to go out and block. He's got to be somehow. He has got to be a dynamic offensive threat. Jack Doyle is never going to be dynamic. I don't think Jack Doyle would describe Jack Doyle as dynamic. I don't think Jack Doyle's wife would describe Jack Doyle as dynamic on the football field or off. But, you know, he is sure-handed, and he plays hard, and he can block, and he's gone to Pro Bowls, and he is a guy who can catch the football. He's just not going to get you a million yards. He's not Dallas Clark. He's like a, a poor man's Dallas Clark, and that's fine. That's what you get when when you sign an undrafted free agent who's been waived by somebody else and went from Cathedral High School here in Indianapolis to Western Kentucky. That's who Jack Doyle is, and he's made the most of it with the Colts, and that's a good thing, and the Colts have figured out how to utilize him, and that's a good thing. Excellent, but we're not going to sit here and say that, you know, Jack Doyle's got the athletic gifts that's going to make him a nightmare for defensive coordinators. So that is, uh, what is that, the seventh position group. The eighth, I got the DBs, all right, because I don't know what the hell these guys are going to be. You know that they're not in love. The Colts aren't in love with Malik Hooker. They didn't exercise their fifth-year option on Malik Hooker, which they could have done. They like Kari Willis. Kari Willis is a really good box safety. Rocky Scene, Kenny Moore, Xavier Rhodes, and Marvell Tell as quarterbacks. Which of these guys are you going to trust against a top-of-the-line wide receiver. Which of these guys has the ability? Maybe Rocky Seen, uh, high school wrestler, state championship wrestler. Rocky Seen, big, kind of rangy. He's fast. He's not, a, uh, he's not afraid of contact. He's not adverse to hitting people a little bit. So we like Rocky Scene. Kenny Moore, Kenny Moore is okay. Tell is continuing to make that adjustment from being a safety to being a cornerback. And Xavier Rhodes hadn't played good football since 2017. We have no idea what Xavier Rhodes is going to bring to this party. And he better be really damn good. Because if he's not, that defensive line is going to have to get to quarterbacks quickly in order to get quarterbacks to hurry their throws and put Malik Hooker in a position where he can go make plays on the football. And if, if not, you're going to get dinked and dunked and dinked and dunked all the way down the field. And we're going to, we're, I, I really think that this is the year where Matt Eberflus's defense is either going to crap or get off the pot. 
schematically, either this is going to be the reason that the Colts win games or it's going to be seen as a reason that they lose games. I think it's going to be scheme this year. It can't continue to be the personnel, right? You've got three really good linebackers. You've got a defensive front that you're feeling really good about with DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston and then a bunch of young guys in addition to Danico Autry. So it's the DBs. And, and you spent the 34th overall pick last draft in, in 2019. You spent that on Rocky Scene, Marvell Tell, you've got Kenny Moore. You went out and got Xavier Rhodes. It's not cutting time. You, you used the 15th overall pick three years ago to go get Malik Hooker. Kari Willis, everybody likes, is a fourth rounder out of Michigan State. It's time for this defense to start playing good football, or Matt Eberflus is going to be part of the reason that we say, you know what, this is not a good enough group. And that's just the way it is. And then a group I give an incomplete because I don't know what the hell they're going to be. Special teams. I have no idea. I don't know who the return guy is going to be. It's not going to be Paris Campbell, right? You thought that that was going to be the case last year. It could be Naheem Hines. I don't know. Um, But you really don't know who the kicker is going to be. Is it going to be Adam Vinatieri? Likely not. Is it going to be Chase McLaughlin? I don't know. Is it going to be Rodrigo Blankenship out of Georgia? Respect the specs, right? They didn't sign this guy to a deal with a bonus because they hate him and because they don't have any faith in his ability to make the roster. And Blankenship didn't sign here because he thinks he's not going to make the roster, Right? He won the Lou Groza Award as college football's best kicker. He was terrific at Georgia for his entire career. Do we think that the Colts didn't sign the guy in order to bring him on as the kicker? And what's he going to be? A rookie kicker. We don't know. McLaughlin, if he's the guy, we don't know. Is Vinatieri going to be able to stay healthy? We don't know. We know Rigoberto Sanchez is a really good punter. We know that. We know Luke Rhodes is a good long snapper. Uh, Well, let me change that with with Rhodes. We don't know whether he's a good long snapper. We just know he's not a bad one, right? If he's a bad one, you notice him. If he's a good one, you're like, who's who? Long snapper. What's that guy's name, right? You only know bad ones. You you never. We love Matt Overton, though. Still a local guy, selling real estate, for goodness sake. If Luke Rhodes cramps the better, gets hurt, you got Overton just living down the road. Let's go. Anyway, those are uh, if they wind up with a kicker who shows himself to be capable of kicking in the Vinatieri kind of range, you know, as far as accuracy prior to last year, whether it's Vinatieri or McLaughlin or Blankenship, then this can become a strength of the team. And if not, it's going to be a reason they lose games instead of win games. The coaching staff, I have no idea. I I just don't know about these guys yet. I really like Nick Sirianni. He's fun to talk to. Uh, Matt Eberflus, uh, I think he runs kind of a, I don't know, his schematics. I just, I don't like. I, I don't like defenses that aren't aggressive first. You know, I, I I don't like that kind of football. You know, he allows the dinking and the dunking and the dinking and the dunking. You don't want to give up big plays in this defense. I, I kind of get it, but I don't necessarily like it. And then Frank Reich, I can't tell who Frank Reich is as a coach because it's just nonsense when he talks to the media, 
right? It's all very, very positive, never says a negative word. And that's not at all a criticism. That's exactly what coaches should do. I, what I think of Frank Reich, I don't need to think a guy's a genius in order for him to be a genius. You know what I mean? I don't know who or what Frank Reich is as a football coach. I like that he's aggressive. That makes me happy. I like that the, the team seems to be 100% behind him. That makes me happy. But what he knows about football and what his football ideology is, I really don't know because we don't hear that at the podium. And again, not a criticism. We shouldn't hear it. We should hear exactly what he's telling us. Strategically, he does exactly the right thing. And I've got no criticism of him whatsoever, but I just don't know because he doesn't share what he knows. And so there you go. Chris Ballard, I love. I think Chris Ballard's a really, really good general manager. I love the way he's trying to put together this team. I think that's the right way to do it. That's the way you build a champion. I dig it. And we'll see if that comes to fruition this year. This is going to be year four for Chris Ballard. And so at some point, you know what? This rebuild ends and you say to Chris Ballard, all right, it's your deal, baby. You know what? How many of these guys can play championship level football? That's the important thing. It's not let's raise the roster up from the bottom. It's we need guys at the top of the roster who can be dynamic and who can win football games through their talent, through their leadership. Let's go. He's done great work lifting the bottom, but you got to have top-of-the-line guys who can go out and win championships. We'll see if they can do it anyway. Yeah, linebackers are the best of the bunch. DBs, the worst of the bunch. Quarterbacks, I don't know what in the hell they're going to be. We have absolutely no idea how this thing's going to shake out with Phillip Rivers. Was his crappy performance last year, was that because the offensive line of the Chargers sucked, or has he just gotten old? We're going to find out, and I can't wait. Breakfast with Kent tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock on Facebook Live, 8.15 on Periscope and Twitter, also live. It's a show so nice, we do it twice, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry.